as an athlete, you know, you, you, when you're preparing for a race or you're preparing for something, yes, you're, you know, in that time, right before you're, there's some level of fasting. There's also some level of really being specific about what you're doing, but I was always focused on performance. And what I started realizing was that scripturally, it was focused on strengthening the relationship with God. And even in the New Testament, when you look at when Paul and Timothy and Jesus himself fasted, that time was spent in prayer. And so for me, it wasn't so much about the the following, you know, the, the fasting rules or, or things of that nature. It was really of, okay, what are we doing with our time now? there. I'm Amy Connell. Welcome to Graced Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways to take care of themselves and enjoy a little chocolate in the process. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating, movement, and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. About two years ago, I realized that just like I needed to change my workouts as I got older, I also needed to change how I ate. One of the adjustments I've made is to include intermittent fasting into my daily eating. My guest today, Jill Dobrowanski, joins today to discuss faith and fasting in her new book of the same name. What I really love about this conversation is her gentle approach to fasting and the integration of it and her relationship with the Lord. Her book, Faith and Fasting, connects your body, mind, and spirit, and also provides scripture and plant-based recipes to nourish your body and soul. Jill is an educator, author, and podcaster. She is also the host of the Feed Your Spirit podcast and the Plant Powered Pantry podcast. She also leads and is a participant in several online Bible study groups for women. And then when Jill isn't in her kitchen creating recipes or podcasting, she can be found running, reading, enjoying a cup of coffee with friends or shopping for the perfect avocado. Those are hard to find sometimes. I do have to admit that. She and her husband, Eric, live in New Jersey. Now, before I bring on Jill, I want to remind you of the resources page over at gracedhealth.com slash resources. Whether you're looking for food, fitness, or faith-based support, I have you covered. You'll find a 14-day devotional, on-the-go protein-powered breakfasts, how to enjoy shame-free health by breaking eight rules, and my latest workout offering, squat-free strong legs. Again, that's at gracedhealth.com slash resources. Okay, let's bring on Jill. Jill, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to be part of this, Amy. Okay, I'm embarrassed because I meant to do this before we got on and started recording, but can you confirm the pronunciation of your name? Dobronowski? Is that close? close? You're close. It's <laughs> <laughs> and I'm used to it. Don't worry about it. It's Dobronowski. Dobrowanski. Okay, I'm really sorry about that. And I probably should have done that before we got on. But we are welcoming Jill Dobrowanski. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> to the show, you have this 
incredible new book that you just released. Uh, that is your COVID-19 baby. I've got a little COVID-19 baby in a book form coming out as well. But yours is Faith and Fasting. And the first thing uh, when I, you know, you always get a book, right? And then you open it up and you flip through it. And I'm blown away by just the images in here and the the layout and the design. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, did you have a hand in all of that? Or or did that just, I mean, tell me, tell me a little bit about that because the pictures are, I mean, they're beautiful. Thank you. Um, yes, it's all me. I self-published the book. So start to finish has been all me. And some of the photos um, I took personally, and then there's some of them that are stock photos that I have permissions to use. Okay. All right. Well, they're they're all gorgeous and you should definitely be proud of this how it came out. But let's back up a little bit about it. Can you tell us a little bit about um about the book Faith and Fasting and what led you to write it? So it's interesting cuz I grew up in a kitchen. I grew up alongside of my grandmother, her best friend, my mom, my aunts cooking. And that's uh, it's something that was ingrained very young in me in my heart. And so I've always I've always loved being in the kitchen. I like to call it my happy place. And it is where I get to flex my creative muscles. And so, you know, and also I love being able to pour my love into food and then have people enjoy it and feel that come through. So you know, cooking has always been a passion of mine. Health and wellness has always been another passion of mine. I've always been an athlete ever since a young child. I can remember playing organized sports, playing, you know, pickup games, rec sports, all of the gamut. And I still continue that into, you know, adulthood as now I'm, I'm more of a runner um, than I used to be, but, you know, and it's something that I love. And the plant-based lifestyle came out of a health choice. Um, I had a, uh, probably just about 20 years ago, here I am healthy vivacious living life and following a fast food diet, quite honestly. You know, we had, uh, I was married at the time. We had a young son. So it was, okay, we have to go here, here, and here. Let's hit the drive through. And my cholesterol started ticking up. And so instead of going the immediate route with medication, I wanted to do some of my own research. And so that's when I dove into the vegan world and the plant-based world. Um, I went 20, almost 20 years ago and a couple speed bumps along the way, but I've never looked back and I've never been healthier. And so I've been praying for a couple years of how, how I can marry my, this love of cooking and health and wellness together with my faith. Cause it never felt like it was there was a way for me to do that. And I tried a couple things along the way, and God was always saying, Nope, that's not it. That's that's just not it yet. And so it was during this past year and a half that we've had um, where Holy Spirit just came to me and literally woke me up in the middle of the night and gave me one word. And that word was fasting. And I knew that that was how I had to begin to investigate bringing all of this together. 
And so I just dove right in. I dove into what the Bible says about fasting. I dove into the science of intermittent fasting. I dove into the science, which I already had a foundation of behind the plant-based lifestyle. And it it just all started coming together. And just another side note is that all of the recipes in my book are created in my kitchen. And so that's another piece that I was able to bring to this project and really just bringing it all together. And it it is really a culmination of just these beautiful gifts that I've been given, but also opening myself up and being led by the Holy Spirit to walk through that door that God opened up for me. There are so many things that you just talked about that really resonate with me. Um, you know, you talk about creating things um, in your kitchen. So your it sounds like your experience growing up was very different than mine. My mother always invited me into the kitchen, but I never wanted to go. I never opted in. And it wasn't something that, you know, my sister and I were, you know, expected to do or anything like that. Not saying that that's what your family was, but that just wasn't, I think I was probably just too selfish, quite honestly, to take the time and and help her much. And um, I love that you have created all of these recipes. I am someone who I am a, you know, by nature, a rule follower. And I feel very, very lost without something like something to go by. I need step by step by step. And so that's really impressive to me. And I have to, I haven't yet tried them. I'm super excited about a lot of your soups, um, which I cannot do right now because it, as we're recording this, it's hot and I live in Houston. So it's just too hot (laughs) for soups, (laughs) but I will get there. And, you know, the other thing that you talk about with your cholesterol, I mean, I can totally understand that. I actually have high blood pressure and, uh, our paths are a little bit different because I feel like, I mean, my doctor and I both are like, we, there's nothing more that I can do for this. And I've tried it all. And then there is a point um, at which you just got to take the pill and it's, it's a little irritating and it just doesn't. So I'm really glad that the cholesterol, that uh, changing up your diet worked really well for your cholesterol. Uh, and, you know, I wish my, my experience was the same, but so be it. I just take a couple pills every morning. Um, okay, so you talk about fasting, and that is the word that uh, the Holy Spirit woke you up with in the middle of the night. And let's talk a little bit about that. Can you t- share some of the um, spiritual connections between fasting and food? Yes. And so for me, it was really once I started researching it and looking at what scripture said about it, I first went to the Old Testament because I knew that that's where the frequency of it occurred a lot. And so when I looked, it was first, I automatically went to Daniel. Um, Daniel, yeah. and three times in his book, he fasted. But here's the thing is that he he did not sustain from everything. So he did what we now refer to as like incremental fasting, where that you're giving up a couple things. Um, and But what I found was what he did with that time. So when we look at, especially the example of Daniel, um, he went into prayer for those times when he was fasting. And he was very specific um, about what he was praying about and what he was praying for. And it was always to God, and it was always to give God the glory first, but then to come to him with the prayer. And 
most of the times it was just for wisdom on how to lead and how to guide and how to move. And, you know, I thought about that. And as an athlete, you know, you, you, when you're preparing for a race or you're preparing for something, yes, you're, you know, in that time right before you're, there's some level of fasting. There's also some level of really being specific about what you're doing, but I was always focused on performance. And what I started realizing was that scripturally it was focused on strengthening the relationship with God. And even in the New Testament, when you look at when Paul and Timothy and Jesus himself fasted, Mm -hmm. that time was spent in prayer. And so for me, it wasn't so much about the the following, you know, the the fasting rules or or things of that nature. It was really of, okay, what are we doing with our time now? And our time should be spent in prayer. It should be spent in introspection. It should be spent in scripture for those times when we are fasting. And that's the approach that I took. I took what's called a very soft approach, um, where that, yes, you're still having three meals a day, but they are very, when you look at the meal plan, they're very specific about the nutrients that you're getting and the sustainability of it. But then also using that time when we're not focusing on food and preparation and what what meal is coming next to take that time to say, okay, let me spend some time, quiet time now with God. Let me be still and let me strengthen not only my prayer life, but like I said, that relationship with God. And I say it in the book too, like for me, that's usually done. I'm not sitting in a quiet, dark room or anything like that. For me, it's disconnecting from everything, leaving my earbuds and my phone at home and going out on a beautiful walk. And, you know, that's the time that I'm most connected or it is first thing in the morning when the sun is coming up and I'm in the word and I'm spending that quiet time with God that I felt that I really started moving forward and strengthening that relationship. Yeah. Oh gosh. I, I, there's so many things that you just mentioned, you know, one of the things that I think is really key. So backing up when you talk about as an athlete and, you know, you think about your performance and I used to, Uh, I've done half marathons, I used to do sprint triathlons. And so I completely resonate with what you're talking about. And you're always thinking to race day. And what am I going to do? And how fast am I going to go? And what's my pace going to be? And what am I hoping the times are going to be or the transitions or, you know, whatever that is, and really intentionally focusing on that performance, but really, the performance comes from the prep work. And the analogy I hear that you're saying is, you know, our actions are living out or calling our, um, our day-to-day interactions is really done in the prep work in spending time with God and listening and unplugging, which is so hard to do. I mean, I'll be the first to admit that it can be very, very difficult to do, but that is what will prepare us for the actions that, um, that we're given throughout the day. So that's a, that's a, I've never thought about that analogy and I love it. Can I borrow that? (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, the other thing too is when I when I looked at the the food of it too. 
yeah. was, you know, when you go through the book, the scriptures that I chose to highlight and illustrate are focused on food because this is the beautiful gift that we were given in the very first book at creation. God created the plants and and the birds and the fish and everything, and then he created man. So he right. gave us that sustainability before he even created us. And so I also look to that also as guidance while writing this too. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And what, one of the things that I really appreciate about your book is, yes, you absolutely have commentary and some of your own story in there, and then you have recipes, but you do provide this 21-day meal plan. And kind of to go back to your point about that allows us to not have to be super consumed with what we're going to eat. I I don't know about anyone else, but I know I can get in my headspace and it's, gosh, it is just this never ending cycle of like, okay, well, I just had my first meal. What am I going to have for my second meal? And what do I need to do to prep? And what do I need? I mean, like, it's just so much and it can take up a whole lot of time. Now, I do think that sometimes when we're at the beginning of a season of like taking care of ourselves or eating differently, it that's that's a natural reaction. But how what a blessing it is that you have said, okay, if you're wanting to try this, here you go. And I'm making it real simple for you. <laughs> and, and here is exactly what to eat and at what time. So walk us through if you don't mind. Um, and then I want to get a little bit back to, um, to, to the topic of, of fasting in our faith. But walk us through a, um, a typical day and what that looks like what if, with how you recommend eating in, um, in a fasting period. So that way our, um, my community can get a sense for what you're talking about when you mean soft fasting. Yes. Yeah, so I really looked at it from almost like a 10 hour window of time for when you're fasting. And that seemed to me to be very natural and very attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say in the beginning, like if you have to do an eight hour, that's fine, 10 hour. And then there's some people who want to bump it up a little bit, but it, across the meal plan, we start the day every single day with 12 ounces of lukewarm lemon water. That gets your system going because as we sleep, we dehydrate. And that just kind of kickstarts your system. And it also helps to start the cleansing of the digestive system in addition to hydrating you. And then we move well, into- Can I ask a question yeah. really quickly? Tell me what. Um, tell me why you recommend lukewarm. Because this because is what I recommend not- to my teen clients. I'm like, it's a lot easier to drink if it's lukewarm. But I'm wondering if that's your reasoning yes. as well. It's easier to drink, but it's also not a shock to the system. Because okay. you have to remember, typically when you're first getting up in the morning, and like you, if you're telling somebody, here's how I need you to start your day, like get out of bed, brush your teeth, you know, do what you got to do, and then let's let's hydrate. Hydration is the first thing. And it's not as much as a shock to the system and the lukewarm, actually it is easier to drink, but then the addition of that lemon in it starts waking up the digestive system yeah, and getting your body prepared for that first meal. Okay. All right. Sorry to interrupt with that, but I did notice that you recommended lukewarm and I thought, well, that's um, not unlike what I recommend, but I didn't know if our reasonings were the, <laughs> were the same. My rec- my my reasoning is it's a lot easier to down several ounces at once, particularly if I've just brushed my teeth and it's that 
not, it doesn't have that coldness next to the mint. I don't know. Maybe my teeth are sensitive. I don't know. But anyway, okay. So go on after yeah. the after the lukewarm <laughs> water. <laughs> so uh, the majority of the plan is within the next hour. You're having a smoothie, and all of my smoothies are spinach based. And then add some type of fruit. And I, for the most part, I don't use any type of dairy in them, whether it's almond milk, yogurt, anything of that nature, because you're adding chia seeds to it every single day. And so that's giving you that bulk that you're going to expect. And then also um, it adds the benefits of the fruits and then the vegetables from the spinach. And spinach is a very neutral taste. So once yeah, you, you add it to other tell. things, you yeah. can't even tell. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then after a couple hours, we're having a snack, which is usually a fruit or nuts, along with more water. <laughs> and then we move into lunch. And lunch is typically whatever is prepared either the night before or two nights before, but just utilized in a different way. Yeah. Um, because I also was very, con- very cognizant of time and prepping because nobody wants to spend all day on Sunday preparing everything for the week unless you're a geek like me and you're like, okay, yes, I can do that. But most of us have families and other obligations. And so, you know, I'm fortunate enough where that we're empty nesters, so I really don't have to worry about a lot of that. But uh, it's really thinking about it in how do we can utilize the food that's prepared in different ways. And then, of course, always 12 ounces of water. (laughs) And then we move into a snack in the afternoon, which is usually, again, some type of fruit, vegetable, or something that's created from that. I also give some crunchy alternatives um, because I am a crunchy, salty girl. So (laughs) I like to add that in the afternoon. Um, And then we move into a whole foods dinner, uh, which is a very sustaining dinner. So when I looked at the dinners, I also looked at something that's going to be high in fiber, um, that's going to sustain you and carry you through the evening and the fasting period of time. Again, more water, and then we end the day with water. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And yeah, I think the, I think when you specifically say drink your 12 ounces of water, that's a great reminder because people forget. I mean, I have, my husband has a hard time drinking water and he sets alarms for himself to go off every now and then. I don't typically have a hard time drinking it, but a lot of people do. And so I think it's really helpful just put in this meal plan in that particular day saying, yeah, drink your, you know, drink 12 ounces of water with your stuff. And 12 ounces now is not that much. I mean, that's less than, you know, if you, if, if you're buying those 16 ounce bottles of water from Costco, that's not even a bottle of that. So, you know, that's easy, easy peasy, in my opinion, probably, probably people (laughs) would disagree with me on that. But (laughs) Um, okay, and there's, there's also nothing wrong with like, like, and I'm sure you'd say the same thing. Add a slice of orange, add a slice of lime, add a slice of lemon. If you feel that adverse to just plain water, which I personally don't, but if you feel that averse to it, add something to it, add a sprig of mint to it, just to give it a little bit of that flavor. And if it's going to make it more palatable, that's what, take something whole food, plant-based and add it to it. Totally agree. Yes, I completely agree. Okay, so let's go back. Sorry, I'm a little bit all over the place. Um, But I want to hear, as you transitioned to fasting, as you transitioned to a plant-based lifestyle, how did your faith uh, transition with that, if at all? It did. And 
really what I started doing, and I alluded to this a little bit before, was that I started looking at scripture a little bit differently um, because I moving into eating a a plant based lifestyle meant seeing and reaping the benefits of the beautiful vegetation that God created. Um, And, you know, he gave us, as I said, he gave us the plants, he gave us the trees, he gave us the waters, he gave us everything. So why not really look to that and find those examples of it and, and then begin to say, yes, you know, it's not just thank you. Oh, Lord, please bless this meal. Thank you so much for it. I started seeing like this was created. Yeah. I are God. And what a beautiful thing that is. You know, I look at an heirloom tomato and how many generations some of these variants go back. And it's like, wow, this is this is the fruits of God's labor literally on our plate. And so that really started me down a different road and how I looked at certain scripture and then also looking out for those scriptures and finding them. I mean, there's a reason why there's so many times that, you know, Jesus broke bread. Yeah. Jesus gave bread. Like, you know, he fed thousands with Mm -hmm. a single loaf. And it's just for me, it's seeing those moments of how, you know, we say, you know, family is around the table and the table is the is the heart of the home. But what you're putting on that table is then a representation of what our God created for us. And for me, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. The word that just came to mind when you were talking about, you know, Jesus feeding um, the thousands with the loaves is abundance to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think too, when we, one of the things that, um, one of the things that is plant-based eating is great for the earth because it's, we can create, we can grow so much more, right? I mean, I can't, I, this is not the right statistic, but it's something like 80% of the fields that we have grow the corn to feel, to, you know, to feed cattle and, you know, other animals or something like that. Does that, you're nodding your head. So is that somewhat correct or something? <laughs> It's somewhat correct. There's been a slight shift in that, but it's, it's, it's in that area. Okay. Okay. So, but, so that's not a listeners. That's not a real statistic. These are not facts. (laughs) (laughs) Just take the point. (laughs) And the point (laughs) is we have all of this land and, you know, we were given so many of these different plants and the abundance of it. And um, boy, you know, being able to take all the land that God gave us and plant that and feed, um, feed ourselves, feed others through that, um, I don't know if that if that makes any sense or not, but that was just the word that came to mind when you were talking about feeding feeding the thousands. Um, let's move into your um, you know having a plant based lifestyle. So I know that you have cr- you've created these meal plans. What does that look like for you? Um, does it deviate at all from the meal plan at all that you have shared here? And then also talk to me a little bit about what that looks like um, when you're traveling and when you are out of your routine. So maybe you are with your family, um, you know, at the holidays or, I mean, traveling, traveling is a whip on eating the way that we typically eat. So I would love to hear um, how that, how that works for you. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because um, my family is not 
plant-based. And one of the things that I also, I try to do a lot is I'm, I don't want to sound preachy. You choose what's best for you. What's best for your body. I'm telling you what's worked for me. Yeah. And so I want to, I want to make sure that your listeners hear that. And in no way am I trying to be, you know, top down, here's how you have to do it. No, it's your body. It's your decision. Yeah. You Thank you. I do appreciate you. that. Yeah. I know they will too. <laughs> yeah. So for me, um, what that looks like is I really, I, I create dishes that have similar tastes and feels that I'm used to, that I grew up with. Um, I've started recreating now a lot of my, my, great grandmother and grandmother's recipe to say, okay, how can I, how can I veganize this? How can I make this work? And that's helped me over the holidays. Um, like I said, my family is not plant-based. So I'm the one I'm usually bringing something that I know I've made and that, you know, is, is going to be something that I can eat, but also be very sustainable. Um, so for example, one of the things I love to do is at Thanksgiving time, it's acorn squash season here. I have my acorn squash. I have a combination of wild rice and kale and top that, stuff that with that, bake it, top it with pomegranate seeds. And I'm bringing eight of those to the meal and they'll all be gone. And I'd have only eaten one. So it's, <laughs> it's you know, my family also gets to expect that. But then it's also things where like if I'm making like a stir fry and my husband's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the mood for a little bit of protein. Um, you know, do we have a chicken breast that I brought home from a restaurant? And, you know, he'll add that to it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's being that flexible. And so for me, it really is just being thinking a little bit ahead because thinking ahead is part of it. And that also goes along with the travel, but thinking ahead but then also saying, okay, what can I create? That's something that everybody else may be familiar with and is going to taste good. Yeah. And not look so out of place on the table. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. Because I mean, people are hard enough to feed as it is. And so might as well give them something that looks familiar, something that they're like, oh, well, it might be like this, or at least that it bridges the gap a little from something they know to something that is totally foreign to them, but actually maybe it's not if it's prepared similarly to what they're used to. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, um, that's a, that's a great idea. What would you say to someone who says, oh, I could never go vegan? <laughs> I, I have to imagine you've heard that at least once. At, at least once. Yes. Yes. Um, I would just say, you know, there's so many options out there now. And that's the beautiful thing. And that's what I also wanted to touch on a little bit, too, was that when I went vegan 20 years ago, there were not the options that we had today and that continue to come on market all the time. And so, you know, really looking at some of those plant-based alternatives that you could even maybe Meatless Mondays is a great movement. You know, let's say, okay, how can we do that? Okay, maybe I'll go and buy an Impossible or a Beyond Burger to toss on the grill instead of using chopped meat or whatever type of meat that you're using. Um, you know, those are thinking, good too. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's come, like I said, it's come a very long yes. way. <laughs> but it's also, you know, just think taking those small steps. For me, when I went, I dove in. 
I am a dive into the pool head first type of girl before checking to see if there's water in it. So <laughs> for me, I dove right in. But for other people, it's little steps like that. And that's what I would say to people. It's just like, keep your mind open and try something new once in a while. Or if you want, come on over. I'll cook you a meal and blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, my husband and I went plant-based um, Oh, it was shortly after COVID hit because, you know, we were home and I had the time because it does for me and maybe it's because I was relatively new to it. It just seemed to take a little bit more uh, thinking ahead. It's always easy for me to just thaw out some chicken or some shrimp or some fish or something like that and throw a vegetable with it. So, it you know, it just it just takes a little bit more preparation. And we felt great. I mean, we had a lot of um, a lot of really great benefits to it. I noticed after about a month, I was like, my skin looked amazing. And quite honestly, it's not, it's something that maybe we go back to later, but I have two teen boys in my house and I just, I just couldn't, I just can't like, to me, there's just no way I can feed them with (laughs) chickpea burgers. And I'm like, they just need more. And they're huge too. Like they're six, five, they're six, two, they're athletes. Like I just, they needed, they needed me. So I thought, you know, I'll just respect the season of life. And then, you know, maybe my husband and I will get back to that when we're empty nesters in a few years. (laughs) So you like Oh, go on. One of the things you were saying is like, you know, sometimes it's just easier to like, you know, because not everybody has a pantry like I have. Yeah. You know, my pantry is going to look very different from most people's. I'm going to have vegetable stock stocked up. I'm going to have cans of chickpeas, black beans, kidney beans, garbanzo. Like I have all of that. You know, if I'm saying, "Mm, you know what, I'm craving something barbecue, I'm pulling out a can of jackfruit because I have that. So I don't like I've been I've been living this, you know walking in this walk for so long that I, my, for me, it's just second nature to say, okay, oh, down to one can of jackfruit. Maybe add that to the list. I got to pick that up next time. Hearts of palm. Oh yeah. Let me try that again. And, you know, think of it that way. Like for me, it's, it's just a mindset now that comes naturally. Well, that's a really great point because I think we all get acclimated to however it is whatever it is that we know, and we get in a rhythm. And, and I do the same thing with, you know, some of my own, you know, I mean, you don't do, you must not do eggs. I could never, I don't think I could ever drop my eggs. I will say that, but you know, it's like, oh, I got to get, you know, I need to get some eggs. I need to get, you know, there are certain things that we all have that we're like, oh, I know I'm low. I'm going to go ahead and get it. And so what I'm hearing you say is you do get in a rhythm of, of buying that way. And then it does get a little bit easier because you already have it stocked and it's not, you're not having to access those creative parts of your brain because it's just something that you've been doing. And it's, it's just not, it's as my kid would say, it's not that deep. (laughs) (laughs) So true. And like I said, in the beginning, it took me a while. Like I had to learn how to read labels. Like we didn't have apps back then to say, is this vegan and scan the the code. And, you know, now there's, there's so much more access to different technologies that you can utilize. Whereas I had to learn from the ground up. And I remember some of my first forays to the, to the grocery store took me two hours. Whereas prior to that, I could zip right through. I knew where everything was and find it and be able to, you know, just pick it up off the shelf. You know, the first couple of times for me, it took me a while. And now with all the different food delivery services, it does make it a lot easier also. Yeah. What's this code that you're talking about? I'm not familiar with that. 
So there's an app um, that I'm very, um, very fond of. It's called, is it vegan or is it vegetarian? So you can kind of pick which one you want and you scan the UPC code on whatever item it is. And it gives you a rating of yes, 100% this is, or there might be something questionable in it. And so that's when I go back to fall back to my old habit of, of reading the label and trying to figure out what is questionable oh, on there. Okay. That is, there's an app for that. I did not know that. That's really cool. <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> yeah. Hey, even better, even better. <laughs> okay. You alluded a little bit to this um, a second ago, but what's one piece of advice you would recommend to someone who might be considering doing a, um, going plant-based or having a vegan lifestyle? I think it's with anything new that we're starting and that's to be gentle on yourself. Uh, uh, yeah. So, like I said, when I first went, there were a couple hiccups in the road. Like when I first started going out to dinner, I was like, ooh, what do I order? And how do I order? And I've never had to do this before. Or there was something that I didn't know had dairy in it or butter in it that I would say that just doesn't taste right. And then after going home and researching it, I would find, okay, yes, they, you know, finish it with butter or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. And so I had to give myself grace in those moments to say, okay, nothing is perfect in this world. Um, but okay. So now I know, and mm -hmm. let's learn from this and let's grow from it. So I think if it's anything, it's to be gentle with yourself and to give yourself that space to not be perfect and to, to also know that, you know, everything you make is not going to turn out. Like the first time I made black bean burgers, they were disgusting. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't eat this. Is, I can't eat this. And I, I, you know, fall back to, okay, let me make a pot of pasta. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's having that, giving yourself that space in order to do that. And there there is so much available nowadays with the way technology is advanced. Like any type of question or curiosity is, you know, Google's now a verb. So it's yeah. out there. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> but then it's also too, like for me, I'm also a big proponent of using your public library system. So, you know, if you're curious about something, go to the public library, do a quick search for books on it, do a mm -hmm. quick search to see what they have for cookbooks and see, okay, yeah, let me try some of these. And then maybe I'll start feeling a little bit more secure. And it, it really is just that it's, it's small steps and then giving yourself that space and that grace that we all need whenever we're starting something new. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm all about grace. I am all about the, <laughs> and the other thing people can do is they can go to Amazon and get faith and fasting. <laughs> okay. I have two more questions, uh, which are not related at all. Uh, I've been asking uh, my guests, all of my guests, this one, which is I am fascinated by tattoos. I feel like people, um, oftentimes when they choose to put something permanent on their body, there's a story that goes behind it. Not always. And so I was wondering if you had any tattoos, if you would like to share the meaning behind it. And if not, if you had to get one, what would you get and where would it go? Okay, so I don't have any. And this has been a source of, of curiosity for me also because I want one. <laughs> oh, okay. 
So I think, so if you don't mind, I would like to give you two different ones because I know exactly where they would go. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. So the the first one would be just the word grace written in script on my left, on the inside of my left wrist. And that has, you know, multiple meanings. One, it's a reminder of the space that I have to give myself. It's a reminder of the beautiful gift that I've been given through my salvation. But then it's also, I am the world's biggest klutz. Like if (laughs) anybody's going to trip over their own two feet, it's going to be me. And I've injured myself in the craziest of ways. Um, And so my dad growing up used to call me Grace as a joke because I was the furthest thing from Grace Kelly that he ever saw. That's funny. So it has that meaning. And then the other one I would get is um, in the vegan community, there is a capital V that has a plant coming out of the top of the one shoot of um, the V. And so I would probably do something like that, maybe on an ankle, but I heard that hurts a lot. So I would have to rethink maybe that location. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I love that you've thought about it. That's funny that you say that about grace. So I do not have any tattoos and I really don't have a great answer to my own question, but that is something that I have kind of thought about as well because grace has been so intertwined with part of my story, uh, particularly in the last. I don't know, five to 10 years or something like that. And then the other uh, question I have is if you have a meaningful Bible verse that you would like to share with my community. I do. And actually mine is a a little segment of uh, three verses, if that's okay, because the first one is one most people will know. And so for me, I've been spending a lot of time in the Old Testament and really looking at the, the, the parallels, first of all, to the New Testament, but then also the lessons that I can learn from it. And I automatically go to Jeremiah 29, 11, because I am a control freak. And I have to remind myself that I am not in control of this and that God is. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, I go for 29, 11 through 13. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration, plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And for me, it's just a great reminder to get myself out of my own way and open up my heart and be still and listen. That's beautiful. Amen. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, Jill, tell people how they can get in touch with you. And I know you have your own podcast and where they can buy the book and all of that kind of good stuff. Wonderful. So they can buy the book on Amazon. um, And they can either search my name or just search faith and fasting. Um, If that they don't feel like doing that, they can actually go to one of my two. I have two websites because I'm just, you know, a little over overachiever here. Um, so they can go to jilldoberwanski.com where you can keep up with all of my faith-based things. Um, my blog, my Feed Your Spirit podcast, where we share stories of hope and encouragement, the whole lot of Jesus sprinkled in. And also the links for uh, my book are also there. The other place they can go is to plantpoweredpantry.com where you can see the links for my book there, but also find all things health and nutrition and food. And also um, hear my newly launched podcast, 
the plant powered pantry. Oh, you've got two. Wow. <laughs> it literally it just launched this week. So yes. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Congratulations on those. Congratulations on the book. I know um I know how laborious it is to put it together. Uh and also how grateful it must be. And I'm not quite there, but just to be able to put something out there that you're proud of. And I know you are, as you should be. These look like fantastic recipes. I'm really excited about trying them. Um, again, it's just a beautiful, it's just a gorgeous book. Like you could, like the, the cover is beautiful. You can just sit it out and have people thumb through it. It's, it's very well done. Congratulations. And uh, I look forward to trying all of these. And I hope my community gets it and dabbles in it or goes all in or however it works for them. I love it. I love it. And thank you so much for giving me the time and platform to come on. I've, I've been an avid listener. And so it's, it's a joy to also be on this side of the microphone. Even if you aren't a plant-based eater full-time, I really encourage you to check out Faith and Fasting. I tend to eat plant-heavy, but not all the time. And like I said, with my situation right now with these teen boys and a husband who just really likes meat. That's just hasn't been something that I can do right now, but he'll go, he'll, he'll eat. I have the best husband, you guys, like he'll eat anything that I put in front of him. He's fantastic. So we may do this a little bit more heavily later, but again, Jill just encourages you to try something, try the meatless Monday. Uh, But the faith and fasting is kind of like an entire guidebook. There are educational aspects of it, yes, at the very beginning, but she also has sections like staples and seasonings to have on hand and spices. And then of course, there's a ton of recipes. There's the meal plan. It's very comprehensive. And again, just such a beautiful book. Don't forget to check out the goodies over at gracedhealth.com slash resources. And I really encourage you to share this episode if you find if you know someone who might find it valuable. What's the one simple thing I want you to remember? Fasting is definitely a physical act, of course, but it's also a spiritual one. We see it all over in the Bible. And when we do fast, that frees up our headspace to lean into God and His Word even more. And when you do that, who knows what He will lead you to and what happens then. He might even wake you up in the middle of the night and tell you to write a book. Who knows? Okay, that is all for today. Go out there and have a graced day. 